0: the baller, my life is more than money and journey and story's so crazy, dog, I said make a movie behind the baller I went from playing sports to exotic whips you gotta tell me, I know I'm the scene Behind the baller, my life is more than money and journey Story story's so crazy, dog, I said make a movie behind the baller I went from music Zach to this podcast Now I finally feel at home and laugh. Behind the ball Yo, 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 what up, y'all? You are listening to a brand new episode of the Behind the Baller podcast Coming to you live and direct, of course, from Los Angeles, California, not Cabo San Lucas. We'll get into that in a second. But yeah, you were listening to the BTB podcast recorded live in the Million Dollar Man Cave. Uh, I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, AKA the Korean John Cusack motherfuckers. I am back and I'll explain in a second. Um, Odesu, the Wash Lord, the Forrest Gumpy hip hop, all that good shit. This is a Dust Brothers production. Um, That's Miles Davis and Jordan Winter who both have the motherfucking COVID-19 virus along with my family members. Uh, Guys, welcome. It is Monday. You know what, man? It's a different type of show today. I um, am trying to stay positive and uh, I'm dealing with, um, you know, the anger management shit is being tested like a motherfucker right now. At the end of the day, I'm a dad who has to deal with real shit, no matter how much money you got, no matter how many assistants you have and everything, whatever, and at a certain point, I put myself in a position, you know, and the crazy thing is I had an assistant for 10 years. We had a uh, housekeeper who's been with us for many years and all, you know, were, you know, aligned. They are compliant to everything that we needed whether it be wearing a mask in the house, and things like that. And um, Jordan got married last week, last weekend, 4th of July weekend. And um, he had 115 people at his wedding and about 16 tested positive for COVID. I disregarded it just because I felt fine. Now I'm starting to realize that my antibodies are a lot stronger than I thought they were. And it has now been just about seven Seven and a half months since I had the COVID um, 19 uh, virus, right? And uh, my wife tested positive on, I wanna say Wednesday or Thursday. I don't know exactly. I don't know, cause no, it couldn't have been Wednesday, because then I would have talked about it on Thursday's episode. She tested positive on Thursday, and I think she already had it. So if she didn't get it from Jordan's wedding, then she got it from Vegas. And you know what? I don't blame Jordan one bit. Um, he's already paying for it, um, he's already pushed his wedding back twice. He had it, Um, his wife doesn't have it, which is crazy. He's had to push back his honeymoon, which I know cost him a pretty penny. And um, this show should be being recorded live from Cabo San Lucas. And the thing that fucking sucks so much is when you get travel insurance, which I almost never do, because I have certain credit cards and certain things that cover certain things. But for the most part, I'm like, fuck it, we're going. You know, I forgot that there's a fucking virus out there. You know, as safe as I've been and everything else, you know, now that I got it, I was like, fuck it, you know, whatever. I haven't got an updated booster. Um, my kids are vaccinated. I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm outside. It is what it is. And I'm not as reckless as you could think because I'm not, I'm married. What the fuck am I going to do? Start tongue kissing dogs and shit and and fucking hookers. No, that's not my thing. But the reality of it is this is just the end of the motherfucking world in a positive way, right? And You know, act accordingly and embrace yourself. Um, we'll get into other things like the recession and shit in a little bit. But I still want to talk about my favorite hotels, not necessarily the best hotels in the world, but my favorite hotels in, um, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six major cities in the United States of America, right? And I'll talk about Cabo because, you know, we were headed there. But what really sucks is if you have a son who has a compromised immune system, it's tough dealing with this, right? Kids are resilient, they're strong. It's a whole other thing when you have a son who has chronic respiratory illness. And this ain't some sob story or anything else. I'm not asking anybody for it. I don't want anybody to say, oh, you know, I have this, I have this. Usually, um, even with golf, but I want to say outside of golf, I don't really need too much advice. Um, Not because I know everything, but because it's just one of those things. You know, I've done so much research out of boredom, out of you know, planning my, my future and things like that and with anything I want to do. So let's say for instance, for golf, there's, you know, so much you can watch on YouTube before you start going crazy. If you have a coach and a coach is giving you great direction, you either got to trust it or say fuck it. Now, when you go to three or four different coaches, if they are different parts of your career, that's fine. If you're learning the game for the first time, you should trust your coach because if you don't, you're going to start learning different things and start picking up different habits and you're going to have different things. You're going to have three different instructions. You might have some basic shit. Yeah, hey, you know, make contact with the ball and, you know, this, have the, have the face of your club open. Different things, but I'm talking about as far as like the mechanics of a swing could be a lot different, right? When it comes to health and things like that with my kids or preparation, shit like that, it's just... Nobody was prepared for this, really, unless you're a doctor and you want to live in a bubble. And, live. And you know, at a certain point, it felt good, you know, taking the mask off after a while and, and being more relaxed. and, you know, um, having, you know, a couple weeks ago, we we're at, what, you know, maybe 1,500 cases in a day in Los Angeles County. You know, we broke fucking 15,000 cases. It's starting to come back. This BA5 variant, I'm not even going to talk about that really so much, but it's wild that you can get it Recover, be cool, and then three weeks later, get it again. So you can fuck around and have COVID fucking 15 times in a year, you know, and um, if you're being stupid. So I'm not in the business of telling grown men, grown adults, grown women what to do with their lives and how to live their lives, right? I I can only say what I'm going to do. And am I going to wear a mask now? I I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead yet. Um, With all this, I'm dealing with the day to day. And, And the reason why I have some... Irritation in the energy of my voice is that my wife hasn't. She has very, very mild symptoms. But the problem is, she has it. You know, we've taken the home test at work and then we've taken a PCR test. God bless. As of this moment, not me, not London, not Ryder, not Kai have it. The only problem is, as of yesterday, London started feeling like shit. He's exhausted, he's tired tested negative, you know, I'll maybe get on a PCR test today. But last night he passed out in the kid's room. They have a little, you know, uh, auxiliary guest room where all their computers are up and and they just kind of watch TV in there. It's like the little room to chill at. And that's just their room. Used to be the nanny's room that, that lived with us for a while. But that's like their room. You know, it's their room to fuck up and destroy and everything. That's where they take their showers and brush their teeth and just eat their breakfast before school. It's like their little room. And I love that we have that. But- I'm not gonna lie to you. I had very, very, very uneasy sleep last night, but I've had really uneasy sleep for the last three or four days. Not because Nicolette has it and it's kind of worried me out. It's because she's been the more responsible voice in the household. Now, there are some situations where um, if you go to Mexico now, as of very recently, you know they weren't making you take a COVID test to get back into the country thing is, Cabo is a real nice place. You know, if you've been, you know, out of all the Mexican vacation places, even Cancun wherever else, cause it's been, Cancun's been going around forever. Cabo's like the most elite, like, you know, upscale type of a state and area you can go vacate at, Mexico wise. That still don't mean shit to me. At any given moment, they can enforce the rule and be like, all right, cool. Now the thing is, even though Nicolette doesn't have, you know, um, any symptoms, she's still testing positive. She, as of, you know, the, whatever, we don't know when the, you know, the exact infection date was, she still could be contagious. Now, the irresponsible thing would have been, fuck it, we're jumping on this fucking, you know, this plane. And uh, even though we're in first class, cool, wear a mask, she could still infect somebody. The thing is, if she infects somebody with a really, really bad, just the small chance, you know, um, she took the initiative, like, yo, we got to cancel this trip. And because COVID-19 is considered an unforeseen uh, circumstance not really like it, it's tricky with the hotel shit and I got on the phone um, I booked the hotel through Expedia just because it was it was Cabo and, and we weren't staying in my normal um, points place and we're going to discuss all that in a minute I had to get there and talk to them say you know what though it's all good we're coming just so you know we're infected COVID-19 the whole family we're coming a lot of my friends said just say you're sick don't use the word COVID I'm like no fuck that because that didn't work Um, thank God I was able to get $9,000 back in airline credit for the plane tickets. We can fly anywhere we want to. But these fucking jackasses made me stay on the phone for an hour and a half. And what they made me do was rebook the hotel. Thank God for good credit. I had to put $26,000 on my credit card again and book a trip in August, which we're probably going to go around then anyway. And then they basically did a refund after I booked it then, which is the stupidest thing in the world, because now it's free cancellations up until uh, four days before our trip. So I'm going to fuck around and cancel it today. But meanwhile, I have over $50,000 sitting in fucking pending charges or whatever else, or I have one that's charged and hasn't been refunded yet and everything. It's just stupid. So I can figure out when I really want to plan this trip and everything. So it's just fucked up. Right, and that's not even the fucked up part. That's just the irritating part because I have the bread and it's fine. It's just more like a bothersome thing, right? Now, we plan to maybe go to San Diego this week, certain things, whatever, but Nicolette tested positive this morning again. So, you know, um, we don't want to go anywhere and just, we don't want to take a chance and fucking one else up, it ain't about us. The problem again is Lena doesn't feel good. So I'm thinking, damn, I really, really, really don't want to go back to those days of 2013, 14, 15, and 16 where we're spending days at a time at the hospital and every single month this is happening, right? And and we're so close to getting a lot of shit fixed with London and Ryder um, with their allergies. But um, the thing is Nicolette handles everything in the house. That is her job. She deals with all the stress, she deals with cooking for them, whether it be twice or three times a day, she deals with getting them ready getting their clothes ready doing do everything else we didn't want some new housekeepers to come into the house while there's covid in this house right wearing a mask or anything else we just didn't want to put that out there so you know the house is in a certain amount you know mess i don't keep the man cave fucked up you know it might get there might be some dirty glass you know some shit here and there might be some cups lined up but for the most part i keep it pretty clean like a motherfucker right it's the kids that destroy shit and um You know, I'm just in a situation now where I got kids that have been raised by my father-in-law. When I say that, I mean like my father-in-law listens to this show. He's a very laid back dude. I don't think he's ever knocked Nicolette out, knocked Vince out. I don't think he's ever really even been. He's, he's He's a really chill guy. The mom, she's chill, but for the most part, she's a worrywart. She, you know, freaks out about certain things. And, you know, she might get mad and say some things, but at the same time, they don't listen to her and whatever. Vince, fucking one of the greatest, nicest guys I know. My wife, she's a good person, right? I'll say that. I'm not going to say, you know, we get arguments about certain things. Me, on the other hand, I'm not going to be my father, but I'm going to enforce discipline in the house, you know? And um, if for some crazy thing, I'm just talking about something outlandish, wild, if my son were to get a bottle and crack it over Biggie's head or Lana's head and it killed him, I don't think even 24 hours could go by where my wife would still not be like comforting or whatever else. She's just not the disciplinary type. So, discipline comes from me usually, right? But what's going on now is, you know, my daughter is used to sleeping with me and my wife. And, um, She'll freak out, which is the crazy thing is she's the bravest out of all of them. My son Ryder has these crazy dreams. I don't know if I've told you guys, if some of you new listeners don't remember. Ryder has seen Q in broad daylight after his death. Ryder has seen kids who have passed away that were related to uh, my mother-in-law's friends. He's had a weird sixth sense. He's seen different things. And I think with that said, and because he goes to you know, a Christian school, I think with church and everything else, I just think he's freaked out sometimes. And with that, he pretty much, again, doesn't sleep, don't want to sleep with London either. And the crazy part is, there's very little I ask of, of London because of the situations he's had, and I think it's even dealt with his social ability. Ryder, we've tried to have him sleep with London and he'll literally wake London up at three or four in the morning hug him to death or anything. Remember, Ryder is a fucking big kid. He ain't some little small little cupcake. He is a, he will, I'm 200 pounds, right? But by the way, I'm down. I'm like 191, 192 now. I have lost 18 pounds legit um, with a lot that's going on. But I mean, he is a strong kid. So imagine now to a 60 pound kid, you know, your younger brother who's 20 something pounds heavier, squeezing on you, waking you up. London, you know, he needs his sleep. He needs his rest. Kids need 10 hours plus. And um, they should go to bed, you know, earlier. They don't, whatever. London's the one that usually has tough times in the morning. So, Ryder has been fucking with London, fucking up his sleep. And it's summertime. The crazy thing is, summer's gone by so motherfucking fast. They go back to school next month at the end of next month. So, this shit's going by. We're trying to have fun. We're trying to do good things with these kids, right? So, you know, Cabo's been canceled. You know, the kids are, I got Kaya and Ryder sleeping with me for the last two or three days. London's not feeling good. So I'm separating him to, you know, whatever. And it's starting to drive me crazy, right? And some people say, oh, that's how our regular life is. My new housekeeper has a daughter with autism. And another one I know, um, my gardener has a grandson with uh, who's blind and stuff. And like, I get that part because they work hard jobs and things. Someone's there to pick up the slack, right? I'm not saying we don't have the needs or anything else. I'm saying we're very hands-on and there's certain things that our kids wanna do, right? I have three or four friends who have at least three or four, you know, maids, nannies in the house and everything, whatever. And we do have a lot of employees that just work here at the house, but this is a different type of situation. So with all that said, if we're in Cabo right now and everyone was good, there'd be nothing we'd be at the beach right now. We'd be on some jet skis. We'd be on some ATVs, we'd be at fucking Mango Deck, we'd be at the office, we'd be chilling. We'd be in the pool, we'd be kicking it. I'd be drinking some motherfucking margaritas right now. Like literally cooling. And that's just not the case. So, again, I don't blame Jordan. I don't blame anybody. We decided as adults to go to be somewhere without masks, whatever it may be, and it just fucked up situation. My mother-in-law, she ain't gonna come over here. Like she don't need to, you know what I'm saying? Like even though she helps a lot, I don't wanna fucking get her sick or anything. So it's like, you know, this is all wacky because I was with my wife the entire time at that wedding. I was in Vegas dapping a million people up, you know, COVID ran through my body for sure somehow. Somehow it just didn't, didn't stick to me. So anyways, that's what's going on in this house right now in the Yang house and it's, uh, it's fucked up. It sucks, you know, London's not fucking feeling good. And again, I, you know, I'm a dad's gotta deal with some real shit. So we're thinking about going somewhere, but yet, you know, things are all fucked up. It's so crazy. We're in a recession, but yet hotel rates have gone up four or five times. Some people are like, who gives a fuck? You got the money, go live. No, no, dog, no. That's not how things work, right? I've seen this dude who has a really popular business page. He's like, yo, look, U.S. currency is going to be pretty much any kind of fiat currency is about to be extinct. It's stupid. Go live your lives now. Don't save, spend your money. This guy's dead fucking serious too. And I'm like, you are an absolute fucking dipshit. You are a fucking moron. And I watched this, this thing on the news, the local news, not, not ABC, NBC or, or CBS, it was local KTLA news. And they're speaking about why the recession is where it's at right now. And um, what you have saved after the savings with the average you know LA American, whatever. And it was at an all time high in April, 2020. It was, I'm sorry, not all the time. I was very high. And just, you know, this past month, it's lower than it was in 2008 when we had the really bad recession. And they interviewed this girl and she said, you know what? We had three stimulus checks and, you know, I just, I didn't know if I was gonna get out again. I was like, fuck this. I want to go to Happy Hour. I want to go here. I want to go to Miami. I want to go this. You know, I don't know. I've been stuck in the house. Now that sucks, you know, that society, you know, wants to live how... You know, you see on Instagram, but you got to be real with yourself, man. You know, if you're 27, if you're fucking 34, whatever. If you're 70, fuck it, go ahead. Go nuts. 65, go crazy, right? You got a retirement plan, cool. You're still out here trying to grind? That just ain't smart. You know, oh, don't tell me what to do, blah, blah, whatever. And look, we're going to see foreclosures. We're going to see repos. We're going to see evictions. We're going to see all that shit. I'd rather tell you motherfuckers now than not tell you. That's the goddamn truth. Now, people want to keep up with what I'm doing? Shit. I was broke three times before I was 30. So I'm telling y'all, I didn't save the nest egg. I didn't save the Jurassic Park egg, right? And even still, you know, I haven't stopped my lifestyle, but, you know, I sold four cars. I'm thinking about other things. I'm like, oh shit, maybe this would be cool here and there. But I'm still, you know, eyeballing it because I'm like, yo, you think about people who get settlements, and I've seen people get settlements, I've seen people get a $2 million settlement, $800,000 settlement, and some people live different, of course, they don't have $120,000 a month overhead like I do, where that's where the bills are, and that doesn't mind, food, because food, what's food? Five, 10 grand, whatever, I'm just saying, you know, I live a different life, but if you're not working, you're not doing something to bring in some sort of steady income, even passive income, or whatever the fuck it is, that shit's gonna go fast no matter how much it is. I mean, literally 10 million might not last people. Oh, you could just put it. No, you can't. Can't put it in the bank anymore and do that. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna put in in stocks. We're in a fucked up situation right now. We gotta take this L and hold it. So I'm just letting y'all know that, you know, there are some things that you can do. You know, you should set aside some recreation time. You should have set some time for golf. You know, you want to play some basketball, whatever the fuck you want, do you want to go see a movie? That's cool. But if you're really destitute and you can't, then it is what it is and you gotta lay in the cut. And there was many, many, many nights where I did that. I was DJing seven nights a week. So my nights were just done. I was waking up at fucking two in the afternoon. I was like, fuck it, I'm get up. But that's all I did until I got sick of it. But I pivoted and I got out of that situation. And um, we'll talk about golf after the break and everything. But yeah, man, it's a fucking wacky situation that we're in and it's fucked up and it's real. And I'd rather be up real with you guys than bullshit you guys, right? But uh, yeah, man, um, we're going to get into this little commercial break real quick. And um, I'm going to talk about, you know, my favorite hotels. I don't know if that's going to go into another break after that, but we'll see what happens with time. I'm doing this 100% freestyle off the dome piece, literally just looking at a couple words on my notes, and that's about it. Miles, you already know the deal, man. My man Lakey Lake is coming on here with this beat. We got some commercials pay some bills. We'll be right back, y'all. For those of you who listen to Behind the Baller podcast, and obviously follow my social media, you know how I get down with True Bill. It's a perfect app for budgeting and tracking your bills. But also, Truebill is the app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year using Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple to cut them loose. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. As I've told you before, I love Truebill. I use it every single day. With Truebill, you can put your savings on autopilot to save money without thinking about it. Truebill learns your habits and saves the right amount at the right time while helping you avoid overdraft fees. Truebill has over 2 million users and you should be one too. Get an effortless breakdown of your finances to see where your money is going and how to improve. Truebill will notify you of important events that need your attention so you're never caught off guard again sign up at truebill.com/baller go right now to truebill.com/baller it could save you thousands of dollars a year like it does for me go to truebill.com/baller supercharge your knowledge your sales and your success Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com baller, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash baller right now. Shopify.com slash baller. Yo, yo, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Korean John Cusack. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit because me and John had a conversation. And uh, I'm glad we did, man. You know, because I didn't want to give with the moniker if it was disrespect. You know, I mean, I thought it was disrespecting him, and uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want to talk about this hotel situation because I stay in hotels 60 to 100 days out of the year. It's a lot of fucking nights in a hotel, right? And, um, you know, I see people... Only flying with only fly with Star Alliance and blah blah. And I learned this from bloggers. My friend Rumi Neely, who um, the fuck is Rumi's last name now? I forgot Rumi Dowson. But yeah, she's Rumi Neely on, on Instagram. She was a really big fashion blogger for a while, and um, she flew a lot because of uh, jobs. Because you know she was getting flown out by companies and brands, and I got flown out you know through companies here and there. But it was different because that was her job. My job was not to fly. It was if I had to go to an event here, cool. But she only flew with Star Alliance. And I understood how important that was, you know. I, I'm still good with like Delta. I'm still good with American, but for the most part, yeah, you know, United is really where I try to stick it with, right? Because you know, you know, as far as international goes, United has lay down beds. If you're going to New York City, it has lay down beds. I like having a little suite. I like having that. Jet Blue's cool too, and um, you know, I try to keep it active with a couple things. Delta definitely has one of the best. Delta One is one of the best first class services they have. Um, as far as uh, Delta even has lay down beds to Hawaii, but for the most part, I'm United is going to be my first choice. But some areas don't have United going in there, and that's why I'll go to Delta next. And then if it goes to go there, then it has to I have to figure out if it's, you know JetBlue or whatever, unless it's like you know going to the UAE, and I'm flying Emirates, and that's what it is. Period. But it, overall, United is like where I go, and I start realizing all these points accumulated, right? And I get two, three million points, and um, that was where the Chase Sapphire Reserve came in. And I started building points on that because I was using all my business shit on there. And I was doing it with the Amex Black and prior to that, the Platinum, but it wasn't the same. The Chase Sapphire Reserve was just much better. I was able to transfer points to my hotel partner and to my airline partner. In fact, it would let me transfer to a few different places. So I kind of kept them there and they stayed there. If I need to transfer them, they transfer within seconds at the longest one minute. So I'm gonna tell you this real quick. If you stay at a hotel, more than 14 nights a year, right? That's two weeks. Why not start up a points plan? Why not start, you know, a frequent, you know, hotel stay, up, what the fuck you want to call it? Why not join a hotel group, right? Now, there's the Marriott, which owns the W, and I think they have the Intercontinental, they have a couple other places, I think they might have the Ritz or something, right? And then there's the Hyatt. And from what I've, what I've come across with a lot of people, you know, there's the Hilton Group as well, they own the Conrads, so it's like, you know, I think about, all right, I only stay in five star hotels, That's pretty much where I like to stay. And then 10 years ago, no shit, 12 years ago, I met Floyd Mayweather. And I realized that Floyd likes to stay in four and a half star hotels. And he loves to flourish at a four, four and a half star. Floyd loves the JW Marriott. Floyd loves the Grand Hyatt. Now the JW Marriott and the Grand Hyatt in Asia are five and a half star hotels, they're a different level hotel. The Grand Hyatt in America is nowhere near what the Grand Hyatt is in Asia, okay? JW Marriott is a whole different level of what's going on out there, right? And JW Marriott in LA, you know, it's right next to the Four Seasons, it's connected to it, it's at LA Live. They got really boss ass, balling ass, super nice fucking rooms there. And even the regular rooms are pretty fucking nice. So when you start building your points with these places, you pretty much, you know, you get 30 nights and you get to one level. You stay 60 nights, you get to a pretty top tier level. And if you stay like 100 nights, you know, you're at like the top, top. Now, at the top, top, check out at 4 p.m., check in at 9, 10 a.m., you get upgraded suites. There's a lot of perks that you get. Okay. I suggest you go with the Hyatt brand just because the Hyatt has Hyatt House um, that has the um, Hyatt centric, it has the regular Hyatt Regency, has the Grand Hyatt. And then again, if, You are so lucky to come to a city that has a Park Hyatt, which would be New York, Chicago, D.C., all through China, all through Korea, Japan and stuff, and you get to the the Park Hyatt, you go to the fucking Park Hyatt in New York and it it ain't fucking around. So, you know, that's what what I would suggest if I were you. You know, I have uh, several different plans. But uh, let's start with L.A., and again, I don't have notes. I should have wrote these down, but I've been so fucked up lately that I just wanted to kind of freestyle this off the dome piece, right? LA is a big place. I am going to tell you this right now. I am not an Airbnb dude. People say that Airbnb, and if you could find, you want to spend time and find an Airbnb, cool. There's actually way more regulations. There's way more liabilities. There's way more shit that you got to deal with in an Airbnb. And I love room service. I like having, if I need to get, if you know, if I decided to fuck, I took a shit in the bed. I don't know what the fuck. You could have housekeeping come clean it up, you know, especially if the hotels, my first choice hotels, they're gonna be somewhere where, you know, they have fucking cleaning people 24 hours a day. I don't give a fuck what kind of COVID's going on. You have shit that you can take care of, right? Now, LA is a big place. Again, I'm not a big Airbnb guy. I understand some people like to go there, they can share places and certain things. These people are starting to do regulations. They're starting to put cameras. They're starting to be fucking there. It's weird, man. I'm telling you right now, I know a few people who own several Airbnbs and they have cameras in their houses that you don't see. And it's a violation of your fucking privacy. They say they only do it to make sure you don't have a lot of guests over or whatever. I just avoid Airbnbs completely. You know, I've stayed in several of them. It, it just, nah, I'm straight. Sometimes it's cool with, you know, with the big group, but it's nah. We just did it in fucking Miami. And I'm going to be honest with you, for the price that we paid for that spot, I wish we all got fucking hotel suites and just wound up. It was cool, but I'm nah, I'm good. Um, so let's start with the lower tier. I'm not gonna talk about two-star hotels. I'm not gonna talk about one-star hotels. I'm barely gonna talk about anything, even a three-star hotel. But if you're in LA and you're on a semi-budget, I would suggest you stay at the standard. Whether you stay at the standard downtown or you stay in the standard West Hollywood, at certain points, you're gonna be able to get a room for $100 a night. Now, if you're listening to this and you have a problem spending $100 a night, you are listening to the wrong podcast. You might be listening to other things. You know, you could use this as aspirational, but I'm gonna keep it 100 with you, man. If you ain't staying anywhere a long time, man, 100 bucks really ain't shit to stay at a hotel. Now, the standard rooms are gonna be tiny, but you're gonna have all the newest shit. It's gonna be very basic, you know, no frills, but somewhat modern. And at the same time, it's going to be a okay spot. One in downtown is kind of almost in the mix. Um, you'll be near the Jewelry District. You'll be near, somewhat near Staples Center. If you needed to walk, you could. It's five, six blocks. Not a big deal. Um, if you're in West Hollywood, you're going to be next to everything. Next to food, next to the Beverly Center, next to fucking shopping. You'll be on the Sunset Strip. You're good. So that would be my choice if you're somewhat on a budget. Now, if you're kind of just like, okay, you know, maybe I'm on a budget, I'm, you know, just, but I don't want to spend a lot but I want to be, you know, somewhere, you know, central alright, well cool then, you could stay at the Line Hotel in Koreatown, which isn't so bad, it could get up to like 3.50 a night for certain things, but it's not bad and it's the first time Koreatown ever had a hotel that was decent alright, and they have all the coolest amenities as far as the restaurants, and like Shoe Surgeon has a thing there, they got a nice restaurants in there you're next to all the best fucking Korean food in the world Literally, I'm not talking about the best in America. I'm talking about the best Korean food on Earth. It has no cap. Now, if you wanna be downtown for any reason, you gotta convention or something, I suggest you stay at the Westin. You wanna stay at the Westin Bonaventure? I've already told you guys, one of my favorite restaurants in all of LA is on the top floor. It's got the rotating bar. It is very low key there. You are not gonna see shit, but aesthetically, it is one of my favorite architectural places ever. Since I was a kid, I still fuck with the Bonaventure. Love that fucking place. And you'll be able to get a decent right there, here and there. Um, they have suites that go up to like maybe a thousand or something, but it is a spot I love. Now, if you don't give a fuck and money is not an object at all whatsoever, and you're, you want to stay in downtown LA, shit. If I were you, I'd stay at the Four Seats. It wouldn't be fucking anywhere else but that. JW Marriott would be a close second. And if you want to be on some artsy, cool shit, stay at the Ace Hotel and you're good. You're downtown, you're chilling. Now, if you're a member of Soho House, some of these places have boarding, but not all of them do. Okay? Now, if you're on your mid-level shit and you're on some like, I want to be bougie, but I want to have fun, I want to be chill, and whatever, you know, the W Hotel in Hollywood is lit. Great place, great atmosphere, great ambiance, great pool, great views, great all that shit. That's cool. W in Westwood, also real cool. You're good, right? Going to the upper echelon of shit. If you are in WeHo, Beverly Hills area, then at that point, nothing is fucking with the addition, period, point blank. Ain't nothing at all whatsoever. For the longest time, there were only two really nice hotels in the Beverly Hills area. That was the Beverly Hills Hotel and that was the Hotel Bel Air. Both those places are Dorchester owned um, spots. They're very old fashioned. And they're very luxurious, but very old-fashioned. Now, I'll say this. I don't think a month goes by. It used to not be a week goes by. Why didn't go to the Polo Lounge and go eat? And you're going to go see a lot of megastars there. I had lunch with my old boss, Brian Turner, from CEO of Priority Records. While I was in there, my boy Brandon Williams, one of the biggest real estate agents in the world. He's done $2 billion in real estate in the last year in the fucking pandemic. Um, Jeffrey Katzenberg's in there. Tom Hanks is in there. Like, Next level boss motherfuckers are in there in the pool lounge. The pool at the Beverly Hotel is lit. The only thing is, I'm just not a big fan of their rooms. But as far as service and everything, top notch, the best ever, right? But I'm just, again, not a big fan. But if you want to stay in the bungalows like Dr. Dre and Drake, the motherfuckers stay in the bungalows. Bungalows are 10 to 20 bands a night. And I'm, again, I'm just, I'd rather do something else. It's just not my thing. Hotel Bel Air, again, great gorgeous. You're next to the Bel Air Country Club. It's way out in the cut, super private, but again, older boomers. um, Yes, luxurious, but it's just like, nah, it's just not my thing. So the addition in West Hollywood, right on the corner of Doheny and Sunset is the flyest, the dopest, the nicest, the top tier LA County hotel, hands down. Now, the Waldorf Astoria, it's right there next to it. Waldorf Astoria in Beverly Hills is fucking gorgeous. Now again, The cheapest room at either one of these hotels is going to be a thousand a night, and that's for like a three hundred square foot room. It's that's just what it is, and those are it. Now, if you want to be on some super fly shit, and you don't want to pay, you know, the Waldorf Astoria or the addition prices, but you're still going to pay some shit, then I suggest you stay at the Sunset Tower Hotel for that nostalgic feel, which is lit as fuck, or you stay at the uh, Chateau Marmont. And that's just basically, those are two fly-ass spots that are old school. You cannot defeat the Chateau Marmont or the Sunset Tower Hotel for food. They're both great places. I was going to tell you who stays there, usually on a regular, but then fuck, he'd probably get pissed. So I'm not going to say that, but those are dope spots. If you want to stay somewhere kind of fly, but don't want to pay anything kind of crazy, the Mondrian's always a good look. It's been there forever. as one of Leonardo DiCaprio's favorite spots. He used to do parties there. And you can get a room for a cool price, still get a great, great fucking view and everything. Um, the Jeremy, which is actually called the One Now, O-N-E, that hotel's really, really nice as well on the Sunset Strip. The Pendry is really, really nice, but I haven't stayed there yet, so can't speak on it. The London Hotel's also really, really nice, and they got nice amenities, and and uh, you can once in a while get a little bargain here and there. Now, if you wanna kinda be out of the cut a little bit and still be on some fly shit in Beverly Hills, Mr. C's, which is the owner, you know, Cipriani, their hotel is pretty cool. I'm not mad at that hotel, right? Now, for those of you who are at the beaches, there is no hotel in Malibu. You will have the Airbnb and it's going to cost you fucking 10 grand a night for a decent place. But it's probably gonna cost you more than that. So like, when you get down to uh, that area, there's gonna be a couple spots that you can go to. The Lowe's is really nice, the Shangri-La is really nice. Um, The Fairmont is really, really, really nice. The Huntley is really, really nice. All those are great places. Now, Shutters is cool too. You're right there literally on the beach. And another hotel where we got married at, Casa Del Mar, is a gorgeous resort, five-star resort on the beach in Santa Monica, almost bordering uh, Venice Beach. The Viceroy is fly as fuck, but you're about a block, maybe two blocks from the beach, and it's cool. Other than that, don't have much for you on the west side. Now, if you are trapping, you're on some gangster shit, you don't give a fuck, a lot of people just stay at LAX. They'll stay at the Hyatt or the Westin or you know one of those like major chain hotels at the LAX so they don't miss their fucking flight, which is smart, I get it, because LA traffic is fucked up. But then like when you're there, you're there, there ain't shit going on. You're in Inglewood, it's fucked up. It's starting to come up, but that's just what it is. So we're not gonna get into Orange County, not gonna get into San Diego, not this episode. We can talk about that another time. But yeah, if you're going down that route, you know, to Orange County, then realistically, man, Pelican Hill is just literally the most gorgeous fucking resort out there. And you just can't get any fucking better than that. So let's go up and we're not gonna talk about Vegas this time either. Let's go up a little bit. We're gonna go up north and go to San Francisco. Now, I'm not talking about the Bay. I'm just talking about SF City, right? If you are on a somewhat budget and you still want to stay somewhere nice, the Marquise Marriott really you know cool spot you know the hilton's actually decent um one of the fly spots for the best bang for your buck is probably going to be park 55 and that's what the c p a r c 55 right in the heart union square if you fuck around and exit one of the the let's see the south would it be the south east entrance i'm trying to think you fuck around and end up in the tunnel so you got to be careful But you're going to get a really nice fucking hotel for a really good rate. You can get a fucking presidential suite there at sometimes for like $800 a night. It's crazy. Um, The Hyatt Regency in the financial district is nice. Um, The Grand Hyatt at San Francisco is pretty nice. Trying to think of what else. What else? Oh, you know what? The, I don't know if it's a Hyatt place, the Hyatt house right in South Beach. It's super close. It's almost across the street from Oracle Park. And then it's not that far from Chase Center. And that's like all fly, super modern, more like, you know, kind of like these are like small little work suites where you can have a small little kitchen and like you'll get a cool little room. And, and those are definitely, definitely cool spots. There are some off brand name spots that I'm not gonna bring up um, that are there. But now when you get to the upper echelon shit, Ritz Carlton in uh, San Francisco is definitely a nice spot. Not my type of feel, but it's very San Francisco. Everything about it is old school, rich San Francisco, right? Now, there's a Fairmont by Geary-Delhi Square that my boy Dylan loves to stay at. He swears by it. I haven't stayed there, but I'm sure it's nice because my boy's paper is real long. When we get to my favorite spots to stay, by the way, I'm sorry. Let me rewind that real quick. Sir Francis Drake is nice. The other Fairmont in Union Square is nice. The Intercontinental South of Market is also a great fucking place. And it's like, really, you're in the mix and it's another... Really, really good place. Sorry. Now let me go back to the upper echelon shit. If you don't give a fuck, you got a driver and you ain't tripping, then the Four Seasons in the Financial District, which formerly was the Lowe's and before that was the Mandarin Oriental and was me and Drake's favorite hotel to stay at is the flyest motherfucking spot. If you get a nice suite there, you can get a suite. And one end, you're going to have the Bay Bridge. On the other hand, you're going to have the Golden Gate Bridge view. Crazy hotel, lit, there's a lot of low random spots to eat there, but you're not so much in the mix, but it is definitely probably my all-time favorite fucking place to stay at in San Francisco. Now, if you wanna be in the mix and you wanna be near all the other shit, then the Four Seasons in San Francisco on Market Street is definitely your, that's your best bet right there. That shit is fly as fuck, it, you have everything. You get downstairs and you're already in the mix. You're on Market Street, you're right next to the mall, you're next to all the fucking high-end stores. Their room service is lit. The fucking restaurant is good. The Bar is good. They got all kinds of other shit. Um, They got a gym. They got all the whole nine. Now, next to that, about maybe a block and a half away, is the St. Regis. That's where a lot of other really, really top-tier celebrities stay. St. Regis is super nice. My only problem with the St. Regis is the hotel only goes up to the 11th floor. After that, it's residences. And I think the penthouse of the St. Regis just sold for like 200Ms. It's a fucking... Uh, you know, condos inside a hotel. But St. Regis is really, really, really nice. The W there is actually really cool too, which is south of Market as well. Um, I'm sorry, that that's actually a really fly spot. Definitely on the upper tier of the four-star hotels. And there's actually opened a new Hyatt Regency um, just south of Market, which is also really nice. And they renovated the hotel and it's cool. So yeah, those are my SF spots. We go up to Seattle and... um I'm just gonna bring a couple spots that I like to stay at. Now, the Grand Hyatt in Seattle is uh, always a cool spot. You can get a room, you can get a nice view. You're right in the mix of downtown Seattle. It's lit. It's a good spot to stay at. A lot of the teams that come into town to play NFL-wise or even baseball, they usually stay there, and that's where they usually stay. They Pretty much, it's between three hotels right there, and they're almost aligned in a row. And it's a Grand Hyatt, the Hyatt 8, And the Hyatt Regency The Hyatt Regency Is the newest And is the most renovated And is all brand new And to be honest with you If you want to get A fucking really 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 nice suite In Seattle And not have to pay Four seasons Or fucking Ritz-Carlton prices, Then that's definitely The place you want to get one at Okay Um, Back in the day I used to stay at this spot Called the Hotel 1000 I haven't been there In so long There's actually A lot of nice hotels Downtown There's the Marriott There's all this other shit There's the Kempton There's here and there. The Fairmont is cool. It's just really old school, but the Four Seasons in Seattle has to be the absolute nicest hotel. It is there at the Pike. It is in the mix. You're next to everything. It is a really, really nice spot. Again, it's probably the only fucking place that Drake would stay in Seattle. That's where he has stayed, right? Um In Bellevue, I really don't got too much for you. I don't really do a lot out there as far as, but I know that the Seahawks stay at the Hyatt Regency in Bellevue, and that's basically where they, they lock it in, but you can't get onto their floors because they lock the floors down. But um, yeah, man, that's Seattle in a quick wrap right there. Um, By the way, I need to go back to LA real quick, and I'm so sorry. I couldn't fucking believe I didn't bring up the Peninsula. Peninsula's up there in that top uh, with the um, Bel Air Hotel and Beverly Hills Hotel. Also, the Four Seasons is really nice, but these aren't hotels I fuck with, to be honest with you. That's why I didn't bring up from my personal taste. But when you get to Chicago... I hate to say this, it just it just hurts, you know, it pains me to say this, but in Chicago, I gotta give it up to Dick Stane, the Trump Hotel in Chicago is definitely, it has to be, the t- it's, if it's not the number one, it's it's gonna be no matter what in anyone's fucking, no matter what anyone says, it's gonna be the top three hotel building in fucking all of Chicago, period, right? Derek Rose used to live in there, it is fucking fly as a motherfucker. Park Hyatt in Chicago is one of my all-time favorites. Um, the Excelsior, I forgot what it's called now. Fuck, what is Excelsior called now? But yo, the Peninsula in Chicago is super lit. Uh, sax is super dope. I don't know what, what it's called now. The W in uh, Chicago is pretty cool. And then on the lower tier levels, man, you know, the Hyatt-centric, it's definitely a dope spot if you want to be in the mix still and not pay crazy and be right next to Michigan Ave., is super fly, um, what the fuck am I missing there? Four Seasons obviously is cool, the Conrad is really, really nice there. Conrad in DC is fucking crazy, we're not gonna talk about DC right now. But yeah, that's, that's basically my shit for Chicago, New York City. New York City is an interesting place. You're gonna have to pay the highest prices for a hotel and literally stay in a 250 square foot room Back in the day, like in the 90s, when I lived in New York, when I was trying to look at places out there, um, the Paramount was like the flyest spot. But you know, you didn't have to pay an arm and a leg and you still got a pretty cool rate. But now, New York is a trip, man. There's just so many fucking places. You could stay in a fucking Doubletree in New York and be right in Midtown and it's gonna be fucking expensive. You know, um, as far as all the top tier hotels, shit you know, obviously there's the Carlisle, there's the fucking Conrad, there's fucking um, Park Hyatt, which is literally one of the nicest hotels there. The Peninsula is super nice. Four Seasons is super nice there. What are the, the Soho is nice. I'm sorry. What the fuck was the Trump Hotel turned into? I forgot what the fuck. By the way, the Times Square edition is super, super, super fucking nice. The Langham. That was rest in peace. Q World Star's favorite favorite spot. I used to stay there quite a bit. Right there, Midtown by the Empire State Building, Langham is still one of my favorites. Dope ass spot. What else is there, man? I already said the Four Seasons, even though there's several of them there. You know what? If you're on some budget shit, but you want to stay somewhere fly, I would definitely say the Sofitel, which is right again, Midtown. You know, it's super nice. Intercontinental is also good. Um, the Baccarat Hotel is definitely one of the nicest. The Le Meridian is a dope spot where you can kind of stay and get a deal. Um, Any of the Westins, any of the Hyatts, you're gonna be good. There's a Hyatt right in Times Square where I stayed at one time and they had a crazy penthouse, stupid fucking view, like ridiculous, ridiculous view. Um, Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm tripping. My favorite hotel in all of motherfucking New York City is the Mandarin Oriental, and there's nothing fucking with it, I don't give a fuck what anyone says about the Carlisle or anything else, the Mandarin Oriental is top tier, there's not a, to me, that is the all-time, as far as, I mean, I know people love the Mercer downtown, but I'm just not really a Soho dude, I don't mind going down there, but I like to be in the mix, and the, the fucking Mandarin Oriental, yo, when Nick Diamond was writing me fucking seven figure checks and we're doing these crazy collabs and Nick was crushing it, spending thirty bands a night every night. Yo, he got a penthouse suite that was like fucking four thousand square, maybe five thousand square feet in the Mandarin Oriental. It was twenty seven bands a night and we stayed there for a week and that motherfucker was so fresh. That was like some whole different nothing in Dubai was fucking with this. Nothing even in Tokyo at the Park Hyatt in Tokyo was fucking with this. It was literally the flyest fucking spot I have ever fucking been to. Like, it was just literally, it was insane. Like, that shit is just wow. Like, fucking wow. The Mandarin Oriental in New York City is definitely probably my favorite hotel in United States of America, if not the world. It is just incredible, incredible, of course, the Ritz-Carlton's nice right there by, you know, Central Park as well. Um, the Bowery Hotel is more on that old school, fly shit like the Chateau Marmont. But you're, again, you're in the Bowery, so you're like, you know, you're in that area. Um, the Andaz is real nice, uh, right on Fifth Ave. There's so many nice hotels in New York City that aren't really big. There's a lot of really small boutique hotels like the Bentley. There's other spots. They may be even considered a three and a half star hotel, but they're really nice hotels. The Pearl is nice. Howard Eleven, fuck man, the Pierre is really nice. I'm trying to think of what else, man. Oh yeah, the Arlo is really nice. But again, if you know you're just on a regular budget, man, you can find some really fly shit for probably a couple hundred bucks a night. In fact, the Hyatt House, almost downtown. I don't think it's Chelsea. It's downtown. Is um, they got this crazy corner suite and it's like about 550 square feet, but you have this corner suite where it's all glass, every part of it, so the, from floor to ceiling, glass, and the whole corner, and you have a TV that's hanging from the corner, super fly spot, and the room was like fucking $475 a night, which is like dirt cheap in New York City. But um, that was definitely dope. You know what, one of my favorite hotels, too, is the standard, the um, Highline Hotel in New York. There was a movie called Shame, with uh michael fassbender is about this dude who has a fucking crazy sex addiction. he's crazy he's addicted to sex and he's just a fucking freak and um stay in this ill ass room crazy room looking over the fucking hudson river it's just gorgeous right there in the fucking uh not the cast district. district. why the fuck am i jesus christ meatpacking district sorry in the meatpacking district that is one of my favorite suites and the standard there is definitely a lot nicer, but that room was definitely a lot more money, but that room was my shit. That was my shit for a while there. Um, again, there's just so many fucking places to stay at in New York City. You just gotta read reviews, man. If you're staying at some place that has 4.3 stars or better, and i ain't talking about what the the class of the hotel is, you're gonna find a lot of cool shit. You know, there's just so fucking many hotels in New York City, Um definitely not doing no fucking airbnb in new york city that's for goddamn sure and new york that's just the way it is you know as far as brooklyn i'm not really sure you know that's not really my thing there is actually a couple cool spots out there but again once you get dedicated to a hotel brand whether it be ihg like intercontinental whether it be marriott group whatever it be the w whatever um the hyatts and stuff you're gonna start really fucking with those places instead of fucking with you know um these boutique spots. But again, you can find a really cool deal at some of these other smaller spots. And um some of these places do, you know, uh better deals, better rates if you're staying there longer. But yeah, man, um, this was kind of like a quick bridged version, and I'll get more into detail shit later. I just wanted to break that down because, you know, this week has just been, this last three days has been fucking hell. And people, oh, it's fucking no, it, it is because I don't want to smack the fuck out of my kids. Right? That just ain't my thing, you know what I'm saying? But like, oh, by the way, I know we, I wanna talk about Cabo real quick. Um, I love the Thompson. You know, uh, Cape Hotel, the Thompson is one of my favorites. The only thing is, the beach isn't that great there, right? So if money has no object, then the one and only Palmia is hands down the greatest. Ventanas used to be the greatest, but the one and only Palmia is just the greatest. Now Cabo, you could find a lot of hotels there that are all-inclusive that aren't that fucking crazy in price. You can stay at the Ryu, right? You can stay at a bunch of other spots that are good. Um Casa Dorada is cool if you got a family. You know, some of these hotels are family oriented, some of these places are adult only like the Mikabo was one of the spots for a while. And then now they got the Viceroy there. They got the Montage. You know, they finally brought in all the five-star luxury, you know, American resort start coming over there and building shit. But you know, I still like the Cape I still love Ventanas, but yeah, the one and only Palmia is just crazy. Now, as far as looking for a place on a budget, there's a lot of places in Cabo you can stay at for 150 bucks a night. I'm talking like, yo, and the flight there ain't that bad. The flights have gone up, definitely, but as far as economy flights, they're not that bad. If you want to really plan out a vacation, because it's not really cold in Cabo, even like in fucking December, you know, people go to in Cabo, it's, it's December is probably the busiest month in Cabo. Because in the summertime, it's fucking just a little too hot sometimes, right? But that's one of the beautiful things about Cabo. If you don't want to fucking spend resort money and whatever it may be, they have all-inclusive plans at the Ryu and other places at the fucking Hyatts, at the Westins, at the fucking, um. they have these like the Hyatt Ziva where everything is paid for. You can eat whatever the fuck you want. You want to have fucking 30 Cokes? Have 30 Cokes. Everything is, all those sodas are fucking free. It's when you start drinking. So, if you're the family and your kids got no allergies, they don't give a fuck, they got food. They got restaurants everywhere you could go to eat and you'll be chilling. You'll be good. Now, a couple times I was like, man, fuck this shit. Let's go to fucking, let's go downtown and just go eat at the motherfucking taco stands. And I'm not talking about a taco stand, I'm talking about literally like a lady, you know what I'm saying, with a cart who just cooking right there. And you get to fuck around and have five tacos for fucking $3. Like, I know the prices have probably changed, but since then, but you know, Downtown has also changed a lot As far as the marina goes In Cabo But um, Pretty much man guys I just wanted to give you guys My hotel favorites Um, I'll get a little more in depth Probably going to Miami next time Going to Vegas We'll talk about Orange County and San Diego We'll talk about D.C. We might even fuck around Talk about What other metropolitan areas Are that I missed Talk about Houston Talk about anything else I'll bring somebody on And we'll talk about that shit But I'm starting to get dry mouth right now, so um, we are going to take a quick break and get right back into it. what's up guys, man, this has been a weird fucking episode, because I honestly didn't expect to fucking power through all this shit, but I just felt like, look, I don't want to give you guys some bullshit episode, because I'm in a bad mood, and have you guys suffer, just because I'm suffering, not fucking cool, uh, before we, I forget, man, so, I had a talk with John Cusack, I had messaged him, and I said, yo, man, um, I just want to let you know, bro, that, uh, I think I've already told you that I have a lot of admiration for you and I've been a fan for a while and there hasn't been anything post 2008 that I haven't seen of yours movie wise. And, um, he's my brother's age, I think, or maybe a little older and, uh, I just respected him, you know what I'm saying? So I said, I hope I never said anything to offend you. Hope I never offended you because that's not ever, was that ever an intention of mine? And, um, You know, I was like, yo, man, I voted for Bernie Sanders, which he's like a big advocate for. I was like, I fucking hate Donald Trump. I I don't really know what else, right? I mean, I I think he hates Elon Musk to the moon. And, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I don't hate Elon. I don't love Elon. You know, it's kind of like, all right, cool. And, you know, for what it is, people are like, oh, Tesla's a rip. Everyone says these things. And again, they don't realize where our dollar is right now. So for the most part, yes, you get in a Tesla, all right, guess what? It's not gonna be as nice as an S580. So you could go pick up an S580 for $120,000 and it's gonna be less than a Model S. Guess what though? What you're not gonna have. You're not gonna have full self-driving. You're not gonna have a car that goes fucking faster than a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or a McLaren, right? You're not gonna be able to fucking have your car summoned to you. There's a bunch of different things you're not gonna be able to do with a Mercedes. But I get it luxury-wise. Yes, the interior feels a little cheap. Going back to fucking, we're, we're straying away from the subject at hand. John Cusack says, Hey man, I don't know what I did. Am I, did I say something to you? Um, I'm, you know, I'm sorry if I did, uh, is everything okay? And I was like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Wait a minute. Uh, you unfollowed me. (laughs) So I get this 312 phone number sent to me to my shock. And, uh, by the way, he replied back to me at midnight. So I don't know if he's in fucking New York. I don't know if he's in Chicago. I don't know if he's in LA. I don't know where the fuck dude is. And I don't really, you know, keep tabs on guy. But I would assume John Cusack has to be worth, even with just the safe, basic, normal shit, it's gotta be up there in 50 million territory. You know, he's just done too many major movies and have been consistently acting since he was, you know, since the 80s. And um, so I'm like, all right, this is awkward. It's uh, 8 a.m. and, and um, you know, I'm dealing with my wife having COVID and everything else. And I said, you know, I'll text him. I text him. See, yo, it's Ben Baller. Um, No, man. Uh, Yeah, no, you just unfollowed me. And so I just thought maybe I said something wrong because, you know, I use that moniker, the Korean John Cusack. I see some typing, you know, going on. Thank God he has an iPhone. And then I get a call. And um, he was like, you know what, man? Nothing personal. I unfollow and follow people all the time to get different views, to see different objectives and everything else. Um, He did pick up on following me through a couple tweets that I had sent out and then also had checked me out. He went to go see my Instagram. My Instagram was banned at the time. I didn't have an IG at the time. Then he saw it, saw I'm a family man and everything else, respected that. But he did come across the moniker, the Korean John Cusack. He's like, I'm not even tripping on that at all whatsoever. It is what it is. Please don't take it personal. But I respect the fact that you had... You know, the nuts to call me because you seem like, you know, uh, a person that wouldn't be doing that. And I guess from whatever I've tweeted, because I don't really tweet too much about anything but golf and the podcast and random bullshit about who knows what. But, you know, he's a big fan of baseball. It's probably, you know, that. And obviously, he's a huge lover of Chicago sports, Um, mostly, you know, the Bulls, obviously, that era. And um, he's a big Cubs fan, but he's also a White Sox fan, which is kind of weird. I'm not going to get into that. But once he made it clear that we're squashed, I'm good to use it, Korean John Cusack. So we are back at it again. I will not abuse it. And I'm fucking with you, John. And thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I should have started the episode off with this, but rest in peace to James Kahn. Truly one of the greatest actors of our time, of my time, at least. Um, truly one of the greatest actors ever. Sorry, let me say that. His son, Scott Khan is a famous actor. He was in a rap group, signed to Soul Assassins and Cypress Hill, and all them in their heyday. Called the Hooligans with Alchemist. Him and Alan were best friends growing up, and uh, yeah, he's Scott Con's son, but he—James I mean, J- Con's son. But he was, you know, Scott's a good dude. I've been friends with Scott for fucking ever, for thirty years. I've known Scott for longer than that, maybe. And so, rest in peace to James, and uh, you're a true motherfucking G. And you, man, everything you did was fucking amazing. Um condolences to his family and uh yeah man rest in peace also to Polly Walnuts this one fucked me up because uh Tony Sirico I'm sorry um you know from Sopranos and fucking all kinds of good fellas you name it you know they had said that he was living in an old folks home and it's fucked up I don't know if he died of COVID or say he was in bad health but you know fucked up just sad man these, these are legendary dudes Pauly fucking Walnuts man come on Sopranos are you kidding me this guy's a fucking, his hair and everything. Fucking love this guy, man. Rest in peace to him. And uh, much love. You know what? I had a fucking hour and a half FaceTime with Kid Cudi over the weekend. And we talked about his tour. He's doing a tour now, a world tour. And he has a show in Tokyo in October. And I was going in mid September. So now, guess what? I'm not going to go twice. I'm changing my motherfucking trip. And I'm going when he goes so we can feel like we'll be out there and be lit. Walk the streets of Harajuku and fuck around and just have fun. So they, he knows how much I love to go. He know, and I know how much he loves it. So we're going to be out there lit. I'm sure he's going to connect with Nego and all them. I don't give a fuck about none of that. It'd just be cool to be with Scott and be out there. And we just caught up on a bunch of shit. I feel like we haven't talked forever. And sometimes Scott just wants to hear me talk. And I'll just, you know, be in the cut and we'll talk about what's going on. And it's just been too long. And I know he's kind of like, man, fuck Ben. He hasn't come by the crib and seen me. Um, he had hurt his foot, so he's kind of staying off it for a while, and he ran into my sister after me and him got into a little argument, and my sister's like, oh my God, she didn't even know that we were in an argument. She's like, oh my God, uh, I'm Ben Baller's sister. He goes, okay. he goes, I could tell you guys look alike. Yeah, what's up, man, come here. He gave her a big hug, he's like, you family, you know? I think Ben is mad at me right now, but it's all good. And this is at the Dior show, and they kicked it and chopped it up, and obviously my sister is fucking dealing with you know super powerful people, so they connected, it was cool to see that. But we just chopped it up and caught up about a bunch of shit. You know, even Kaya was Facetime with him for like a good five minutes. Ryder was a good five minutes. And we just caught up on all these plans that he got going on. And these are things that we've been talking about for years. And they're all starting to drop now and come to fruition. Like this intergalactic fucking show is going to be crazy. But by the way, guys, if you haven't, please pick up uh, Boy Flew Over the Moon. Boy Flew to the Moon, is that what it is? The Kid Cudi album just came out. Support my boy Cudi. And uh, he's got a kid named Cudi that's dropping really really soon so make sure you guys support my dude who uh blessed us for episode 200 and fuck we are really close to episode 300 and i don't have a fucking special guest man and i know i got a lot of other shit to get going but you know what man guys i have been consistent and i've given you free game and i've said a lot of fucking things on here that have helped a lot of people out i just had some lady some girl tweet me the other day man keep doing God's work, and she was like, yo, my, my boyfriend got me flowers just because, because you said that, and you always get smart dudes in the comments, like, yo, man, that's rookie shit, man, you should get your fucking girl flowers all the time, I'm like, don't, dog, I bought my wife a fucking quarter million dollar car every fucking year, what the fuck is you talking about, like, exactly, okay, don't tell me about other shit, I mean, there's a lot of things that I do, it's just that you forget sometimes the simple things are definitely the ones that win, not that my wife don't like the nice things, I'm just saying. Simple things, definitely, you know, they keep a lot of shit going. But I'm glad that someone from the BTB Army hey, got his ghost flowers for that and credited me for it. That was pretty cool. I had a great spaces the other night. We really got into some shit. We talked about a bunch of crazy shit. And I had a couple people on that we got to talk to. And that was dope um, from fucking just everything from hotels to Bitcoin to all kinds of random ass shit and stories and stuff and politics and Republicans and Democrats and what's wrong with LA and all that. But Guys, I hope you have a great Monday. I hope you have a better Monday than me. I don't know if I'm going to get out of this house. Um, I want to. I also don't feel like I should spend $10,000 to get out of here. There's a lot of other things. We've just done so many things that are within a seven-hour drive. And right now, the RV is down. Otherwise, we'll be in the k Explorer going somewhere. And that'd be the funnest thing. We just go where the fuck we want to. But um, I have, uh, man, I want to think about it right now. I have a couple thousand dollar repair issue on the RV that I gotta take care of and I just got a lot of shit to take care of. But one thing I am gonna do is play golf over the weekend, went to Woodland Hills Country Club, shot a 91, you cocksuckers. And um really excited man. It felt great to almost catch 80, you know, in the 80s and think I could have. Good course, a lot of fun. Um par threes were real nice man. One was like 130, one was like 160, it was it was a few of them. Um, but my man Sna- Snappy Gilmore is coming in town this week. I, I can't wait to see this dude play. He's just—he's new to the game too. And my boy Seahawks favorite DK Metcalf hit me up. He's like, "Yo, bro, when's the next time you plan? Like, come on, man, have me come out. let you know—I don't play good, but you know, I'm down to hit some balls and fuck around. What's up? And uh, he can use my clubs. I ain't really tripping. But yeah, more golf this week for sure. I was scared I was gonna take seven days off, and now I don't have to. I'm actually about to go play some golf right now. And yeah, man, that's it, guys. I gave you guys a solid hour. If not more than that, gave you guys some help on some hotels. If you can't afford to stay at those places, man, look, work harder. I know it's a tough time right now, but yo, these places ain't going out of business. I mean, whatever, There's, you know, they're gonna, I mean, most of them won't, the big corporation ones, but we're, you know, we're headed for a lot of change. So we'll see what happens. Um, I get a lot of requests for cameos and I didn't want to do them. And super followers I've been getting a lot of perks. You know, I you know, mostly open that line of communication with you guys and stuff and, and things like that. And I follow you back. And, you know, um, I decided to open the cameo back up and I lowered my rate by a fifth. I did it high because I don't want anybody, I don't want to do shout outs. If you're a corporation, and you want to shout out a business, it's still going to be a G, period. I don't give a fuck if Tyrese charges whatever. I'm not doing a business because I have an agent. And that's why I do these big deals. But as far as a personal shout out, I dropped it you know, to less than a quarter of, you know what I'm saying? It was, it's really not a big deal. And you want know, to shout out, go to Cameo and book me there. I do feel bad for the dozen people that I didn't do the Cameos for that paid for them. I don't know what happened. Cameo, real fucking invasive ass app. But... Um, That's the best way to do it, man. Anyways, guys, I am practicing for this Wash Lord Invitational. I will have the title sponsor announced soon. We've been working on just the contract shit with them. Other than that, we have them locked in. And it's crazy because we're set at 144 players. We don't have a single spot left. Now, the only way we get spots left is if the major title sponsor and the core sponsor don't use their Team 16. And if they don't, then i'll figure that out and we'll figure that out And you know meanwhile you can hit popeye vasquez on instagram that's my dude but that's it guys have a great week man make it a great week make it a great day power through this shit COVID is out there ready to get your asses you know don't fuck around don't be irresponsible and um yo guys this is not your practice life if there couldn't be a better time to say that man this is not your practice life Tell a motherfucking friend to tell a friend about this podcast. All right, guys, BTB Army, I love you. My man Lakey Lake is going to take us out of here. All right, y'all, peace.